yes, this very famous song. I remember singing it in my childhood in Sunday school class. What about you? Psalm 23, a very well-known passage of scripture, perhaps the most beloved passage of scripture. Even well-known in secular circles, Psalm 23 brings calm and peace to those who read it. But why? Did you ever stop to analyze each of the verses in Psalm 23? Well, in this series on my podcast, we're going to look at each of the verses in Psalm 23 for a deeper understanding of David's beautiful letter written to a God he loved. Welcome to Broken Vessels Mended by God. Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Douthat and I'm a teacher of God's Word and I started this podcast as a way of sharing some of the insights I've gleaned by studying God's Word. So welcome, grab your Bible and turn to Psalm 23 as we look at this very famous passage of Scripture, perhaps one of the most beloved and often quoted passages of Scripture in the Bible. And this very famous passage reveals how King David understood the covenant he had with his Lord and God, the same God we worship today. In this episode, we're going to look at Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Remember, King David was once a shepherd boy who actively defended his sheep from wolves and bears and any other creatures that tried to attack them. He played music for them and loved them dearly. So when David wrote about God as his shepherd, he was writing from his heart. And yes, the Lord in Psalm 23 is the same Lord we love and worship today. He never changes. Do you find comfort in that fact? I know I do. In this series of lessons in Psalm 23, we're going to also look at how Ezekiel 34 and John chapter 10 connect to David's beautiful poem of Psalm 23. So turn into your Bibles and read Ezekiel 34 verses 1 through 6. When you read these verses, you'll see how God was reprimanding the earthly shepherds and how they failed to watch over his beloved sheep. They had been scattered and left for dead in a cruel world with none to search or seek for them. How sad is that? When our earthly shepherds, be they pastors or fathers or husbands, fail to do their jobs and protect what has been given to them, what happens to the flock? Yes, we see how easy it is for the sheep to be scattered and left for dead. Scattered sheep. In Ezekiel 34, God said, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. So when our earthly shepherds fail us, God tells us in his word that he will search for the lost sheep. What a comfort to know that God himself is watching over the sheep. He searches for them and brings them back to the fold. Why does a good shepherd seek out his sheep? Shouldn't a shepherd just tend those in the flock? God also said that he would search for them on a cloudy and dark day. When you read the newspapers today or the internet or watch the news, it feels like nothing good is coming. 
but when we search the scriptures for the good news of God, He comforts us with His words. In Psalm 80 we read that the psalmist wrote about God, how He will restore us with just His face. And in Psalm 18 we read how God is described as a rock in a fortress. God is described as my rock. Is it any wonder that King David wrote about God in this way? For he understood the importance of building a strong castle, a kingdom surrounded by a wall to keep out the enemy. In medieval times, you can look at the castles and they're built on a strong, solid foundation of rock, usually built high up on a hill so that they could see the approaching enemy. In the city of Nineveh, which was in strength around 700 to 600 BC, this city was fortified by a wall that some archaeologists believe was so wide that several chariots could ride on it. And this wall surrounded the entire city, it was guarded, so they could see the approaching enemy. King David understood this, and one of the most famous archaeological digs found pieces of King David's palace, and sure enough, it was surrounded by a wall, fortified, a fortress built on a rock. King David understood, and that's why he said God was his fortress, his rock. And in Psalm 23, that's why he wrote, But the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for anything. King David knew of what he wrote. Psalm 23 was written at the end of his life, looking back over his life at a God who loved him, protected him, heard his prayers. King David, as a warrior, saw many palaces, many strongholds. He knew God was his fortress, his stronghold, his rock, his foundation, his shield that could never be moved or broken. The covenant is made up of three Ps, provide, protection, and presence. And David understood this. God provided his protection and blessed David with his presence all his life, even when the earthly shepherds fail. Provider. That's what Psalm 23 begins with. I shall not want. What does that mean, I shall not want? So many times we Christians begin to covet what we see around us. David understood that if we trust in the Lord, we will never want for anything. And David knew of what he wrote. Remember, how did he covet? In Second Samuel chapter 11, this was a man who had everything, yet... He desired the one thing he could not have, Bathsheba. King David had forgotten during that time how God had saved him from King Saul and the king of the Philistines. What about us? Isn't it tempting to think that the Lord will not provide for his people during difficult times? But God doesn't change. We can look back over our lives and see how God was our shepherd and that we didn't want for anything. We may not have gotten everything that we asked for, but we definitely received what we needed. God provided for his sheep in the past, and he will provide for them now. If he provided for his sheep in the good times, he will definitely provide for them during the storms. And that's what King David wrote about in Psalm 37. King David had lived for a long time and in this passage he wrote that he never saw the righteous forsaken, nor the children of God begging for bread. How does that fact bring comfort to you? I know it brings a lot of comfort for me. 
I've learned to never fear the storms. And sometimes the storms come and they hit you, blindside you. You never expect them to come. But looking back over your life, you can see how God was there. For our family in 2015, we were hit very hard by what we would consider a hurricane. My oldest sister was diagnosed with cancer and we didn't know what to expect. So for the whole year of 2015, she went through various forms of treatment. I didn't know what the year was going to be like, so I signed up for a half marathon at Lake Powell. I'd never been there, and so that fall, my husband and I were planning on going to this uh, race at Lake Powell for a nice break from the heat of the summer. But near that time of the race, my sister grew more and more ill, and, and I didn't feel it was right to go and run this race at Lake Powell. But Lake Powell was one of my sister's favorite places to visit, and had, she had been there many, many times, so she, she said, yes, you've got to go and see it. Well, she passed away in early October, and the race was mid-October, and I told my nieces, her daughters, I just don't feel right about going. But they encouraged me and said, Mom would want you to go, so go. So we packed up our car, and we headed off to Lake Powell. On the way there, as we entered Page, we saw dark clouds gathering above the small city. And I thought, oh no, there's rain in the forecast? So I checked the weather on the internet, and sure enough, cold rain and wind was expected during the race the next day. Now, running a half marathon is hard enough as it is, but with cold rain and wind, it would be awful. Well, do you want to turn around and go back home? My husband asked. He said, it's up to you. And then that's when I remembered a story I'd heard about the biosphere out in Tucson, Arizona, where a group of scientists went into this dome to study atmosphere, to create the perfect environment, to replicate that environment out here in the world. And in this biosphere, they had clean air, a fake ocean, and even a stream of clean, fresh water. They planted trees, had gardens, and everything so that they could study the perfect environment. But as the trees grew, one day they noticed that they would just fall over dead. In a panic, the scientists started to test everything, the soil, the air, the water, and they found nothing was wrong or out of the ordinary. But yet the trees would only grow so tall and then they would fall over dead. Finally, it dawned on them why these trees were dying. It was because inside the biosphere there was no wind. There were no storms. And without the wind beating against the tree trunks, the trees didn't dig in their roots and they became top heavy and would fall over and die. So wind and storms are necessary to make the trees stronger. When the winds do come, their roots dig in deep and the beating of the wind against their trunks makes them thicker and stronger. And it's the same with us. We fear the storms. We despise the storms because, let's face it, they can kill. They can destroy everything that we hold dear to us. But we have to keep going and remember that God is there in the midst of the storms. So I told my husband, no, let's keep going. It'll be all right. And we got to the resort, unpacked, and the next day was the race. It was cloudy and cold, and there was some wind and a light drizzle, but that was it. And at mile five, the sun started to rise, and I had to stop 
and take out my phone to take pictures of the beauty of the sun rising over the lake. And I found the peace and calm that I had needed through that storm. After the race was done, we went back to the hotel, had dinner, and that's when the storm hit. A massive rainstorm hit and lightning was everywhere, but we watched it all from the safety of our resort room. And it was beautiful. And the next day, the sky was clear and gorgeous and the air was crisp and clean because the storms blow away the dirty air and they replenish the earth and everything grows and it's gorgeous again. And that's what God was promising his people. When the earthly shepherds fail us, he is there. When we are scattered and helpless without a shepherd, he is there. And he says in Ezekiel 34, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. Our family survived a horrible storm called cancer. and We lost my beloved sister, but we never were without the presence of God. He was there among us, keeping us safe, comforting us through this horrible time. The Lord is my shepherd indeed. So we don't have to fear. As David told us in Psalm 37, we who call upon the name of the Lord will not be ashamed. We can trust our good shepherd to be there to feed his flock. He will search for those who are lost and scattered and he will deliver them. He will provide for them so that they shall not want for anything. Praise God today. Take some time today to read God's word and praise him for all he has done and will continue to do in your life until that day of completion. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you so much for joining me in this first lesson of this new series about Psalm 23. What did you learn in this lesson about God that comforted you? Reflect on that today, and I look forward to the next lesson as we dive deeper into this very famous psalm of King David. Until then, stay in God's word, seek him, and God bless.